Welcome to Investor Insights, the wealth management podcast where we address investor needs, help you enhance your financial situation, and explore all parts of a person's financial life. And now, the host of Investor Insights, Mike Williams. Hey there, welcome back. It's Mike Williams of Genesis, and you're at Investor Insights. Our latest episode, we we like to call the Briar Patch. Uh, You remember the story about the Briar Patch. You once you get stuck in it, uh, each time you try to struggle and get out of it, you get more stuck. Uh, that's kind of the way summer markets are. Uh, they gyrate. They uh, create trading ranges, which we've talked about ad infinitum. We uh, have referenced how boring it can get, how the news can seem to turn up the volume of volatility a little bit, you know, Words like plunge uh, are used more often. Um, route. I, I was reading several headlines to a, a client uh, yesterday, and route or plunge was in seven of the top ten headlines. Uh, speaking, of course, uh, about markets, specifically in China, uh, it just seems that China seems to haunt us <laughs> every six or eight months. Uh, I, I have been a a bear on China for a long time. Uh, the bounce we saw was uh, sort of a government-orchestrated bull market. Um, there was very little business behind it. Different from ours in that earnings have actually surged three times over since the lows in 2008, 2009, whereas in China, it's very hard to understand what the earnings are at all. A lot of people uh, forget it's a communist country, and they can tell you whatever they like. Uh, it's up to you as, as to whether you believe it or not. So it's um, uh, it's always been a, a sort of a danger spot to us, and there are many other locations around the world that create opportunity. But well, what's the bigger picture we're dealing with? You know, at the moment, we've seen a couple of days in the last two weeks where markets were down, you know, 100 points, 200 points, 300 points. Granted, at a, at a Dow of 17,007 to 18,001, a few hundred points is nothing. In fact, it becomes a normal range for the market. Uh, wait till you get to 25,000 and the normal range is five or 600 points. Uh, that'll, that'll really start spooking people because they won't remember the 8,000 point move from here. They'll only remember the next 500 down points. So, so how do we uh, sort of walk our way through this briar patch? Uh, China bull market has been gored. Uh, the headlines are trouncing us. Sure, there will be some mechanics that the government in China will implement. Um, the latest, of course, is if you're a large owner of stock, you can't sell any for six months. <laughs> that, that's going to work for about a week, I suspect, and then people are going to get awfully frustrated. It's hard to... It's hard to orchestrate a realistic economic market when you are making things like you can't sell for six months as rules or permitting any company that so desires to have their stock halted, they can simply make a request. Thousands of companies in the China stock market have requested that their shares be halted. Uh, imagine owning a stock that you could no longer sell. That's that's kind of interesting. So I can't... Um, 
I can't sit here and say any balance is realistic because it's all government instituted. Now, of course, Puerto Rico is is declaring that they can't pay their debts off. So that's going to need restructuring. Obviously, we know Greece. I mean, just five days ago, Greece was all we worried about. And China seems to be running nose and nose with Greece now. But Greece obviously should probably go bust. You know, it's uh, it, we've covered it before. And talking about Greece as though they're going to be able to pay their debt back at some point any time in the next few decades is kind of a waste of time. Uh, I, I think markets have begun to understand that wiping out all of the Greece debt, while painful for a week, it would be a week. Whereas we've been battling this Greece story on and off for years now. It, it doesn't change, and it's not going to change. Now, the kicker is, is a lot of people don't realize this. While the Eurozone perceives is perceived to be feeling the pain as it relates to Greece, the guys who really want Greece to stay in the deal are Germany. Now, you might be scratching your head and wondering why, because they seem to be the guys that are giving them the hardest time. Well, they're just putting on a front for negotiations. In, in our view, if you look at the details, what you'll find is that the Euro stays down if Greece is still in. And if Greece is out, the euro will rally. Well, why, why would that be important? Well, in a global economy, if your currency gets stronger than others, you become less competitive, meaning goods and services that might be ordered from your country will be ordered elsewhere in our global economy. Um, that's why people are suddenly afraid of the United States dollar strengthening. Well, the good news is, is our companies are adjusting to the strengthening United States dollar. They're getting more efficient. That's not what they're doing in Germany. They've relied on a weak euro. So if you let Greece out of the deal, then the thing that is weighing down the euro goes away. So the first thing you'll see is the euro bounce four or five or six or maybe even 10%. And if that happens, that puts a real crimp in the German economy. So they might moan and groan and bitch and complain in the press. But what they really like is that having Greece in their eurozone allows their currency to stay weak as a perception of overall weakness. And it allows them to sell more stuff into the global economy. Now, one thing I would say, and by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm going to reference a couple times a trade range. We did a video on the chart, the overall S&P market, just the broader averages, uh, and the trade range picture of what it's looked like for in a short range this year and in a long range all the way back to last summer. We're literally 2 to 3% away from last summer's levels, meaning this trade range has kept us sort of moribund for almost a year. Um, and it's a much better picture than discussion. So if you have a pen, grab it, write this email down, info at genesisinvestor.com, info at genesisinvestor.com. Not a sales pitch, just offering you a free link to the video to give you a sense of more of a pictorial view of what we are talking about here. And that, of course, is back to the briar patch the trade range, the thing that is worse than watching paint dry if you're an investor. Because here's what happens 
during trade ranges. The more the market doesn't go up, the more of the crowd begins to assume it's getting ready to go down. And that's what trade ranges are all about. They do the same thing we've talked about before. They wear people out. They wear out patience. They wear out discipline. They wear out strength. And the emotion of fear begins to take over. It seeps into your brain. And before you know it, you suddenly think the future is dark again, as though we have any read on the future at all. The future is whatever we decide it is. You can decide the future is going to look pretty good, or you can decide the future is dark. And in essence, that decision depicts the action you will take. That is what markets are all about. Now, what is not happening? With all the stuff that is happening, I like to sometimes sit back during the summertime when you really are wasting your time if you're trying to read every tea leaf because it basically changes every 24 hours because there's nothing else to do. You know, when most of the crowd is away on vacation, the ones that are left just play games. So what we've learned is summer swoons are good. Those are good things because they give you a shot at cheaper stuff. And in stocks, strangely enough, nobody likes cheaper stuff. Well, we do. And anybody who builds wealth over time will eventually realize cheaper stuff is good because it tends to go up over time unless you're talking about a week. And if you're talking about a week, that's not investing. That's trading. And we're not good at that. But we are pretty good at helping people invest. So over the long term, stocks, believe it or not, are still the best investment for overall rate of return. Dividends, growth, increase in averages, increase in population, increase in general overall business. So the deal is this, you like it when stocks go down in the summertime, but the one thing after all the stuff we fear, the Greece, the China, the Puerto Rico, the EU, the Germany, the Eurozone, whatever it is, throw it all together, the one thing that has not happened is the market hasn't cratered. I mean, man, we have thrown a lot of stuff at this market, it, even including a three-hour shutdown on the New York Stock Exchange floor. Uh, just yesterday, as we speak, uh, the market stopped for three hours on the New York Stock Exchange. Of course, Twitter was ablaze with, you know, cyber attacks. Uh, that didn't happen. It just stopped working for a little while. But the point is, is you got to ask yourself, what isn't happening? What is happening is for everyone else to worry about. What isn't happening is what we should focus on. And what isn't happening is while sentiment is plunging, people are selling their stocks, they're selling their mutual funds, they're scared of China, they're scared of Greece, they're scared of Puerto Rico, they're scared of darn near everything. The one thing that's not happening is the market is not going down the way you would think it would. Sure, it's gone to the bottom of the trade range, but that's what trade ranges are for. Now, as I note to you in this video that I'm happy to send along to you if you want to send me an email, remember it's info at genesisinvestor.com. The, the, what I note for you in the video is after trade ranges have gone on for a long time, uh, stops begin to accumulate right underneath all the lows of the low end of the trade range because it's gone on for months. And what people begin to say is, oh my God, I'll be patient, but man, if it goes below here, I want out. 
and they put all their stops in and they tell their brokers, sell me if it goes below here. And notoriously, the stock market has this odd way of making sure the fewest number of people are along for the ride. And the ride I'm talking about is the surprise to the upside. After summer lulls, the market tends to rally. So the idea is they want to get as many people off the train as possible. <laughs> now, when I say they, I simply mean the market. The market has a tendency of finding all those stops. So what would we guess? Well, we would guess that the market will trend downward and take out all those stops, all those people that want out. They'll take it out and then it'll stop. And then slowly but surely, all the haze settles. It thickens into August because that's what it does. We call it the summer doldrums, just like when we sailed races on the ocean when I was a kid. The doldrums are sitting out in the middle of the ocean, perfect glass water for as far as the eye can see. Not a ripple. Why? Because there's no wind. It's called the summer doldrums. Well, markets have those periods too. We get them around the holidays and we get them at the end of summer. That's where you want to be paying attention. The end of summer is where we begin to see real direction again. So our mind has always been set on the idea that maybe a little more time still needs to pass. Sure, investor sentiment is way, way down. That's good. Fund outflows have cranked up. That's good. Bonds are rallying, so the fear trade is still there. That's good. Now, interestingly, as we get to Q2 earnings and Q3 earnings, which are just over the next 90 days, our suspicion is, is we're going to stabilize those earnings at higher levels than the analysts now perceive. Because remember, they ratcheted in major impact from the oil slide and the stronger dollar. But the relative changes that we've seen since they ratcheted all those earnings down are now very minute. So yeah, we'll still see some impact, but remember, companies are attacking that immediately. They're, they're ringing out more efficiencies, so the surprise remains to the upside. So look, why do I say time might need to pass a little longer? Well, it's because it'll take a little longer for those issues I just mentioned to be evident. Uh, remember, the market does, they, they throw two pitches at us. They throw one that causes fear, or they throw one that causes faith. Now, we can either have faith or fear about the future. Either one is your pick. Either one will come true. But they both ask us the same thing. They ask us to believe something we cannot yet see. Fear, of course, is all dark and scary, and we assume that the future is bad, so we act on it. Doesn't mean it's bad. It just means we're afraid that it is. We're believing something that does not yet exist. Same thing with faith. So if you look back over the last 30 or 40 years and you think of all the horrible things that have happened, which was the emotion that paid off better? Faith that things would work out or fear that things would go bad? Well, all I can say to you is when I began in the business, the Dow is 970. Even after all the, quote, trauma that we're currently experiencing, 
even after the, all the volatility of the summer of 2015 so far, which, by the way, was not unexpected, here we are at Dow 17,700. So was it better to be afraid in 1982 about the future, or was, or was it better to have faith in 1982 about the future? So where does that bring us? We still stand by the idea that we're in 1982-1983 times again. That was back when the baby boom began to push into the system. Well, Generation Y is pushing into the system right now, and they're bigger than the baby boom. Billions and billions of dollars will be spent by millions of people who will get their own place. Doesn't matter if it's a rental or a condo or a house, they're gonna move out of their home in the next five to 10 years. And I do mean millions of them. There are 100 million people born between 1985 and 2005. Not only that, but you're already seeing some of the indications Look at what apartment builders are doing. They're bursting at the seams. Look at apartment permits in the real estate data. They are bursting at the seams. Call a, a local car dealer and see how many young kids are buying their own first car. Ask them how busy they are and you'll find the answer is very. That's good news. Now, Slowly but surely, we're running out of homes to sell. So pretty soon, I don't mean tomorrow, but over the next 12, 18, 24 months, builders are going to have to start building aggressively again. Now, the final headwind that is working in our favor once we get past the summertime is we are months away from seeing a massive push to become president here in the United States. Now, that typically matches with a market that hears all sorts of new promises. Because remember, this time around, we're guaranteed to get a new administration. And what you find in history is when you're getting a new administration, you're also getting billions and billions of dollars spent to tell you how great they are and how great it's going to be. And there's going to be lots of business promises, maybe tax reductions. Since we've gone through eight years of tax increases and regulatory increases, you can bet your bottom dollar the guy or lady who's going to win is going to talk about reducing those things. Now, those tend to match with periods where the market starts rallying in, in anticipation of those new agendas. So let's be look on, on the lookout for those tailwinds that will be surprises because right now everybody's focused on China and Greece and Puerto Rico and debt problems and currency problems and, well, you name it, that's what they're focused on. But remember, we started out the summer warning you that indeed that's normal. And not only is it normal, but it presents an opportunity if we can get the market to have a summer swoon. And of course, we're in the middle of that right now. So I wouldn't be nervous. I'd get my shopping list out. I'd be very patient. I'd be disciplined. And I'd be ready to take advantage of the summer doldrums because we've got great, great tailwinds behind us, significant events that won't last for a month or two, they'll last for years. Think about this as we close out this session on the Briar Patch. The people who shape and mold and build and grow the world we live in for the next 50 years 
are already alive. They just have to do what they usually do, and that is predictably grow up. So just like we took advantage of the baby boom for 20 years of their growth cycle, let's get ready for Generation Y's growth cycle because it's on our doorstep and we can't change it. Nothing in Greece is ever going to change the fact that 100 million people are going to grow up and build things here in the United States just like the 78 million people in the baby boom did from the early 80s to 2000. So let's stay focused. Let's have a great summer. Let's not get worried just because markets are having red ink. That's normal. That creates an opportunity. Let the crowd worry. You get ready for the tailwinds we're going to experience after we get out of the summer. So once again, thanks for your time today. Hope it's been of value. Remember, if you want that video, feel free to send us an email, info at genesisinvestor.com. It's only seven or eight minutes. You'll really enjoy it, and I think it'll give you a lot of value. Thanks again for your time. Until we see you on the next episode, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant. Have a good one.